0: Welcome back, folks. Uh, before we go on, I just want to check on some sports stats. You know, keep myself sharp here on the sports, and I'll use my computer and just go in here. And I'm going to check. Okay. It's Monday. What a Monday it is. It's the Too Much Dip podcast coming to you from the comfort of our homes and our offices that don't have AC. My name is Dave. I'm going to host uh, Dylan. Dylan. Still in shivery, really uh, being a dog today, recording from the ac Washed Media
1: Studios. Yeah, last I checked, the uh, temperature inside the office was a balmy 86 degrees. We have Damn. no AC, as you already said. It does not feel great in here. But uh, when you're married to the game, you just this is what you got to do, man. Steve Ballmer over here.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> I, uh, fun fact about me, I like to hit the sauna a couple of days a week. So I got out of the sauna about nine o'clock, hopped in the shower, got into the office and, uh, AC was out. So it was already running a little hot. Um, and then we immediately made the decision that we're just going to not do this, but Dylan, uh, limited options on recording so he is in the studio
1: yeah i actually stopped by the at about 7 30 this morning reason being i dropped parks off at school i said into the gym and i had some pre-workout here in the cabinet at the office so i came through to to hook myself up with some pre-workout and it was 82 at that time And i was like uh eh, maybe it's just you know it, it, it's trying to catch up from the weekend and like it, because the thermostat was set on like 77 It's like okay Bumped down to 74, hoping that it would change things when I got in. and It had not. Uh, No cold air whatsoever is coming out of the vent. So, uh, yeah, here we are, man. Speaking of sauna, I feel like I'm in one, Dave. Hey, all
0: right. Get that longevity going. Hey, there's a guy. Here's a guy who records from home every day. It's KJ Ellis, live from Madison.
2: It's a tough task, um, especially this time of year. I don't know if you fellas see this. This is what you would call a uh, long-sleeve shirt, Uh, crew neck, if you will. Um, And I'll spare everyone the details since we're not doing video here, but uh, your boys also got shorts on. Uh, So I I will not high-step with the crispy 74-degree day that we'll have here, Um, but my heart does go out to you two fellas. Thank
0: you. That sounds delightful. Good for you. Hey, rest in peace, Bob Barker. <laughs> mm. We uh, we didn't do circling back today, so I figured by the time we get around to it, it'll be like old news. But I just wanted to say that it's easily the greatest game show. and uh, Easily. He, I, he is a top. He is 1A, 1B host of all time.
1: Thank he had you. A part in, he had a part in raising me, I feel like. I used to watch that show all the time growing up. I still, I still catch it every now and then, even though he's not the host anymore. Still a good show, but not the same without Bob um, behind that very tall microphone that he used.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I, I too was raised on the uh, combination of Price is Right at ten, and then uh, The Young and the Restless. I want to say at eleven, maybe I've got those uh, flipped. But um, the kin bonification of the internet, I talk about. Every now and again, you get a rising star. Three days later, the internet will find whatever stone they can uncover. It happens mostly with celebrities when it's like, hey, let's uh, all acknowledge the collective greatness of individual X. And within 24 to 48 hours, the internet's like, uh, don't you guys remember why he had to retire? And it's like, okay, we get it. There were decades of systemic potential racism and harassment on the sets of the Price is Right the yodeling game was still fucking goaded just that's what we're here for
0: I, I yeah i was i was wondering if there was a uh, a me too issue potentially i i don't know i must have missed <laughs> okay
2: th- you get a septuagenarian surrounded by like a gaggle of hots and uh, frivolous games so uh what do you think's gonna happen over time
0: i thought he just tried to retire because he was uh very old
2: i think that's what they said
0: hey what's going on with Boltman? <laughs>
2: Did you know Boltman existed before yesterday?
0: I did. I did. I, I didn't know he went by Boltman, but it makes sense. Of course, it's Boltman. <laughs> what, what, what did Boltman do? <laughs> he, went to the, he went and visited the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, the Hall of Fame tweeted a photo of him uh, reflecting what they called a solemn reflection moment in front of the bronze bust of the late the great junior sale uh, oh. in f- in full boltman attire <laughs> he's
1: getting memed okay
0: yeah he's getting memed this is this is very very memeable and um you know it's just cool to see him acknowledging you know the the chargers great Bol- junior sale in his uh, boltman outfit
2: i think it was after all of our time uh In school well after our time. But I don't know if it would have been early for Parks' experience. But are you familiar with Flat Stanley, Dylan?
1: Yeah, I am. I sure am.
2: So uh, when I started dating my now wife, her youngest sister is 16 years younger than her. And so she had a school project when Nicole lived in uh, London for a year or two to do Flat Stanley. And I was like, all right, I'll take it with me when I went and visited. So I've got countless photos of me and this flat stanley and so all i can think of every time i see boltman is he just needs to turn into the next flat stanley i see he's already visited uh ground zero uh day 1 of ground zero if you will uh and oh. some memes
1: <laughs> so yes someone also photoshopped him in front of the uh saying right in front of the, the dj who said shout out to his family um <laughs> and it just says it just says shout out to boltman's family i'm not sure how much? How much that applies here? But it is fun for us.
0: Uh, yeah, it also looks like he has been he has been photoshopped in front of um, the damage and honors of the memory of 315 people who lost their lives in the North Sea flood of 1962 in Hamburg, Germany. <laughs> okay, just a number of, a number of photoshops, which you love to see.
2: Modern day Carmen, uh, San Diego, if you will. We, uh, I guess we, not we the Chargers are in San Diego, but still, you know, no, that was close. That was good.
0: Anytime you can reference a uh, Carmen San Diego, I'm, I support it. Uh, well, shout out to Bolt Man. Hey, there's a note someone's asking about our fantasy squads.
2: I'm just saying, the, the y'all didn't have circling back today, so the people out there are probably wondering what happens when you get uh, two you know, strapping young fellas like yourselves go on trips, draft teams of gladiators assemble their best team uh and how many of the three of us drafted ezekiel elliott in a respectable point in the draft uh, so i'll turn the table over to you two fellas we don't have to go line by line but maybe it's just high points
1: i will use this uh platform uh, once again to promote live auction drafts if you haven't done it yet there's so much fun yes they take five hours which is a uh, but it's a fun five hours, a lot of bullshit going on, a lot of gamesmanship, auction drafts are the way to go. Um, having said that, no one picked up Ezekiel Elliott, even down to our $0 free agent picks near the end of the draft. He was not taken. He is still available, and I can't see um, him moving uh, from the waiver wire anytime soon. KJ, you will be happy to learn that my
0: quarterback is none other than Trevor Lawrence. So I love it. I'm pretty happy about that, although you know they do at the end of the draft, ESPN, if that's who we use, they'll they'll give you a grade. Uh, mine uh, I was near the bottom. they They weren't big fans of what I did, but I don't do things for <laughs> grades. I do things for trophies, so
2: yeah, I'm not sure which does the grade and which does the uh, preseason projection, which I feel like the grade used to feel insulting until I got the preseason projections where they're like, we're not even gonna tell you your team sucks. You're just gonna finish twelfth of twelve. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we feel about your team. And then, you know, it does show you where you track. Uh, I too drafted Trevor Lawrence. Um, full disclosure. I was so committed to the bit to making sure Ezekiel Elliott was on my team that um, I did this draft while trying to like navigate getting uh, my son to bed, which is always, you know, a joy with three, a three-year-old. So I'm like one hand under a cover on the ground, like trying to keep the light of my phone from, like, waking him up and keeping him interested, and then, you know, I'm trying to uh, be still. So I searched Elliott at one point in the draft, and uh, I definitely overdrafted Jake Elliott, the kicker from the Eagles. While he's, like, a top-five kicker, I'm not mad about it, but I was like, this has gone too far when I'm just, like, typing in Elliott to find him on the options of players because, as Dylan pointed out, he was not atop the list of, like <laughs> – Potential average draft pick position, uh, players on the top of the list. So I had to go digging to find him, but I did take him at like one, one, I don't know, whatever the equivalent like 12th round would be. Not mad about it. We'll see where we go. I forgot that I had Tony Pollard and I I used him, i used my keeper on him. We are a keeper league. Mm -hmm. Uh, so ironically, I've got both. Well,
0: sounds like a good value pickup. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I've got Tony Pollard on my team. My team, of course, everybody knows Bijan Robinson uh, is my team, <laughs> and we're looking for <laughs> we're looking for big things out of uh, Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb. Quite the backfield. All right, that's it. We don't have to talk fantasy anymore, unless anybody has any fun anecdotes from their draft. No,
2: <laughs> no, nope, nope, but it will go into the tags. So everybody who's prepping no. for their uh, draft last minute, they'll pull this up and they'll be like, oh. Thought oh, they were going to have some hot insights. Sorry. Thanks for your time.
1: Zeke. Yeah.
0: All right. No hot, no hot insight. Hey, before we get into it, can I give a shout out to our good friends at Mugsy Jeans? Please. I love Mugsy. They make the most comfortable jeans, chinos, shorts, and joggers ever. Made from the buttery, soft, patented stretch materials that look stylish, but are insanely comfortable. Never too baggy, never too tight. Dylan, you and I did a video, uh, a golf simulator video, where we're all decked out in Mugsy, and we look great in it.
1: We look great, um, almost as important as how good we look. I just first, my first time putting jeans on in months since it's been so hot in Texas. I forgot how soft and comfortable these jeans are. They say they feel like sweatpants. That is no joke. They feel like you're lounging around the house in sweatpants. They're so comfortable, but they also fit perfectly. I love my Mugsy jeans and they come in so many amazing colors as well.
0: Never in human history have legs been so spoiled by pure softness and comfort while looking so damn good. Mugsy also just dropped the cool max denim that are basically like air conditioners for your legs. They spent years in the lab developing the most breathable jeans ever designed with lightweight fibers to ensure a cool breeze with every single step, go from the backyard barbecue to the bar, maybe to the simulator in one swift motion all summer long, head to mugsy.com and get 10% off now using code BANG. That's 10% off some of the most premium jeans, chinos, swimwear, and shorts on the internet. Mugsy also offers free shipping and returns, so there's no risk in giving them a try. If you're in D.C., Chicago, Boston, or Austin, Texas, make sure you head downtown and check out their storefront as well. Easy vibes every time. Enjoy a beer while you shop. Again, mugsy.com and get 10% off now using code BANG. B.S. High. Man. The story of Bishop Sycamore. uh, Frequent fodder of this podcast a a couple years back. Uh, Looking back, uh, knowing what we know now, I I feel... (laughs) It was not a uh, just a funny story. It is actually a pretty sad story.
1: Uh, yeah, I think my main takeaway from watching this is that when that happened, when they're on ESPN, and then like we learned in real time that it wasn't, you know, an actual school, and and how how that game came to be, it was it was funny more than anything. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous! How did they get away with this? Who is this coach? How did he pull this off? It was wild. But then, like, you watch this. You actually like, get to meet the kids and like what they went through and how it affected them. It's like, okay, this is no longer funny at all. This is actually a really terrible story. And the guy who orchestrated the whole deal, Roy Johnson, total scumbag, and it's uh, no longer fun uh, to make fun of Bishop, Bishop Sycamore High. Um, wow. What a character. What a story. K.J., how, how long – and Dylan, you two – how long into
0: this did you realize that uh, Coach Roy – wasn't just like a kind of a a dummy who got in over his head and that he was
1: absolutely a complete sociopath
2: 30 seconds.
1: (laughs) The first time he smiled on camera, he smiled that that interview portion, which is like most of his appearance on the show is just the interview portion of the show. His smile that he, it's like the perfect, like evil villain smile. I don't know, Mm -hmm. man, that guy, um, just most untrustworthy like feeling guy of all time yeah first time he smiled, which is very quickly and i think
2: um i'm trying to think of where to start with this i guess focusing in on him like he's a character that carried my attention from the beginning to the end of this documentary um with that said, I think that um, I don't recall the players an offensive lineman who saw through not saw through his bullshit in the moment, but had a very well, well thought out explanation of like the guy is smart. You know, don't give him an inch because he will make you not believe him, but he will explain stuff to you in a way where it gives you a little bit of confidence in like, okay, he knows not no, know, not like not has it under control, but like he gets it okay, I communicate this to them. The guy understands it. Uh, He's got it. We're good. Um, You get the feeling that he's got some level of self-awareness that he also has like a level of intellect that's not like extreme, but to a degree where maybe he grew up being taught or told that he was smart or like told that like being able to get away with shit um, maybe too far too many times. So he lives that way. The struggle I'm also having is that by the end of the documentary, it was so clear that the story, the facts themselves make Roy Johnson look bad. The documentary makers, the editing, also tried its damnedest to make Roy Johnson look bad. Like everything was set up in a certain way. And I don't think that was entirely necessary. Uh, I don't know if you remember to jump to the end a little bit. You get the shots of all the players, like the slow looking into the camera shot for each individual player of like where they ended up. And like, it is a very empathetic story for them. But at the same point, Roy Johnson said at some point, he's like, these are players who were out of high school who were not in college. Like, how are you telling me I took something from them that they never had? Like I created an opportunity they otherwise wouldn't have had or I told them that they would be. And so it's, there was, there's a lot of angles where it's like, I don't think he's the only quote unquote bad guy in the room until we get to some of the other parts.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't feel like the documentary, the guys who did it were really having to reach. Um, I, I think it was just such an overwhelming load of like his bullshit and they just let him talk. And like, it started out where it was like, okay, this is a guy who knows like his, his, um, his future could be, uh, just some kind of like reality TV show star, like ridiculous character that like has a comeback story. But then it just, like the more, the more you learn about it, it's like, Oh dude, this dude's, this dude's got, this guy's got a lot of issues. And then they hit you with the, uh, domestic violence thing. Mm -hmm. And then they hit you with, uh, running over a gaggle of geese, which I was like, what? This dude,
2: (laughs) it seems so extra and unnecessary, but at the same time, it was like very telling.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is so bizarre. Um, And and I texted you all about this last night. I did not see the, uh, I did not see coach Roy opening up, uh, having the players take out PPP loans during the pandemic, uh, which are supposed to be for businesses. Uh, as part of the the story but there you have it he 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 is one of many 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 people who committed ppp fraud
2: and theoretically like could have been justified taking one out for bishop sycamore like nobody would have like had much to say about that but putting them in the players names was yikes i i have to add that um i heard a radio interview i don't know probably a year and a half ago father of a kid who played for Bishop Sycamore as a quarterback early in their iterations. Maybe it was when they were COF or whatever, the team before Bishop Sycamore. And there was an instance where they were playing or maybe at a seven on seven tournament, something somewhere where the player's dad checks his own son into a hotel, puts his own card down for the hotel. Roy Johnson or somebody with Bishop Sycamore goes to tell the hotel Oh, actually that card is the one to put down for the rest of the rooms. So when you started hearing about every place they stayed, that was the story. I'm like that fully checks out and finding out that that was being put on players and players, families, that's the parts where it's like the guy's a complete scumbag. And how is he not going to be in more legal trouble after this documentary?
1: (laughs) Yeah. There was also the part about just not taking care of the players. I mean, you, there was a, the thing about scheduling. He had two two games, one of one of which was against IMG Academy in a three day span. You you ha- you can't have one day of recovery between football games, right? Also, I was the whole time I was wondering, what is there even a training staff here? What happens if somebody gets injured? Sure enough, a guy goes down with an ACL, and like a mom comes out of the stands to like help this kid, which was terrible. They're feeding him like food scraps. They're not eating well. The whole thing is just it, – it just made me feel so bad for the kids. They were just totally duped into believing this guy was going to take care of them. And they just got let down every step of the way. But the ACL part was hard to watch because, like, how do you know this kid's going to like get, like, well taken care of? Like, you know, what – is someone going to take him to the doctor? Like, what's going on here? It was just really, really ugly all the way through. And, of
2: course, the team has, like, a team insurance plan for the kid to go get, like, medical treatment, right?
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the team trainer was, uh, a mom wearing cutoff jean shorts
2: with a thigh tat. No offense, but you know, <laughs> hey, uh,
0: my favorite, I think my favorite part, uh, was when they were talking about the evictions, uh, that the kids got evicted, which that was not my favorite part. That was like, honestly, one of the more sad parts that these kids have that on their record and that's such bullshit. Um, But the lawyer that they hired to handle, why did they? Why did they just totally throw him out? They just threw a photo of him, and it said the actual lawyer they hired, as if like this photo. And he did look a little. It was kind of a cheesy photo, but it was like okay. Like I don't, this guy wasn't a part of it. He didn't get paid. Bishop Lynch or uh, not Bishop Lynch, Coach Roy didn't didn't pay them him either. It's like. Why did he have to get thrown under the bus like that?
2: The lawyer that soft rocks is all I could think of whenever uh, I saw the photo.
0: <laughs> God. That's exactly what he looked like. It was biz- bizarre.
2: The adult contemporary lawyer. Um, Yeah. Little things like that. Like the camera guys that put this all together, not put it together, but like were the video arm of Bishop Sycamore in the beginning, I, was kind of believing that uh, uh, they might be like, not complicit, but like, you know, they're who they were involved in making the sausage. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were also behind the curtain. Then to find out they split $35 or whatever, 60 bucks amongst the two of them. It's just like a lot of this, if there are a hundred pieces of evidence against Bishop Sycamore and Roy Johnson here, I would also say that like 90 of those apply not only to Roy Johnson for taking advantage, but to two things and they kind of just slid it in towards the end. Um, but Jones kind of hit on, on this theme of like Roy Johnson's not the actual problem. He's a symptom of the problem. Um, The fact that they opened up as a religious school, nothing could be done legally or whatever, which is the utmost bullshit. Like, there's nothing like that pissed me off more than they're like, oh, (laughs) sorry, force field. Uh, You know, we said bishop uh, first. I don't know if you caught that or not. Uh, We were not in a church or a school, but because we told you we were in a church school, you know, hands off. And it worked like that is ridiculous. Um, so like, you know, quote unquote, the system is a part of the problem, but we all genuinely know nobody has an interest in like stopping what allowed this to happen. And that's like the ability to create these schools in the first place, which IMG Academy, like, I don't know how much anyone knows about IMG, you know, aside from the fact that they're massive, they're a top school, they were sold for like hundred was a billion dollars or not hundred billion, but like a hundred million is there's a big number in the spring. Yeah. The school was sold for like their basis is like in a sports and professional modeling agency is like what created this whole mega sports Academy. What's to say if Roy Johnson in the beginning, his first error was the whole like life insurance policy scam with the church was how they started funding the program. Quote unquote. I don't understand that, but that seemed to be like an actual legal thing, which makes no sense to me. But if he was as good at hustling to find like one dumb business investor, like one partner that was looking to like willing to fund this with him and able to, in the very beginning to the point where they're paying for their hotels and they're paying for food and they have a trainer. If those three boxes are checked, obviously the PPP loans or whatever, like that's kind of a downstream thing. But I think if those three boxes are checked, do we really like have a documentary about a guy who made a team play two games in one weekend? Because apparently they'd done that multiple times. Apparently they played IMG Academy the year before, which like IMG Academy should have known better than scheduling them twice.
0: Did you like the uh, matchmaker? Did he put off good vibes? Cause that dude biggest
2: that- problem here.
0: That dude, that dude just reeked of scum. I, I mean, maybe that dude's a great guy, but the the whole idea of a matchmaker for high school, elite high school football programs, it feels weird. It's all it, it it honestly all kind of feels very AAU, dirty. You know, it just it just doesn't. And and at the end of the day, you're making money off of uh, high school kids, and and like low for the most part, low income high school kids who like, see, this as like a way out. And it's just, it's, it's fucking gross. And the guy's wearing it. I don't remember his name, but the guy's rocking like a very, very expensive looking suit. He looks like, he looks like he was in John Gotti's crew. It's just like,
2: I really hope it was like a K and G special. Like it was the nicest suit available at a K and G, but he made it look like it was a fucking (laughs) three grand custom. Um, yeah, like that element of this is what me has me like kind of gagging anytime I see. Oh no, there was a walk off home run in the Little League World Series on ESPN last night and ABC, and I'm like, how is that any different? Granted, you know, they're taking care of the players and blah 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 blah. But like, at the end of the day, we're commercializing amateur sports, especially like youth amateur sports, and when you begin to do that, when you begin to put things up on a professional pedestal or put a camera in front of them and make kids sports look professional you're going to have everybody behind the scenes figuring out how they can be that other character in a professional sport trying to be the agent trying to be the uh uh the head coach gm like wonderkin like without going through the proper steps or you'll have parents shooting signing day photos for their kids who sign select baseball teams at eight years old and posting it to instagram like all of that's a part of the same problem in my head
0: yes
1: that's all i can say dylan um hey Hey Dylan, (laughs) i switched uh, i I switched the the wi-fi's in here and you guys are coming in much better now so hopefully that has fixed the problem for now i'm sorry man it's a a tough scene over here
2: don't sweat it we were just wrapping up on Bishop Sycamore. I wanted to yield to you. I guess any overarching thoughts on, I don't know, youth sports. And I, I like, what was your takeaway from this whole thing? Aside from like, where Johnson sucks.
1: My takeaway is that I, you know, I feel really bad for the kids. Like I already said, I can also see how they totally bought into what this guy was selling them. I found myself even with all the context we had of how everything played out. There were moments where I was like trying like I wanted to like sympathize with the guy in a weird way because he was like, i am doing it for the kids. I was trying to give them an opportunity. That's probably ninety-nine percent bullshit, because I think everything he was doing was, you know, self serving. Um but just in a master just con artist, I think. Like he just he he can sell bullshit. And I, I totally get why why kids would want to buy into that. And those poor camera guys were like, yeah, we we sat down in a I forgot which restaurant they were in. If you guys already spoke about this, I'm sorry. But he was he was like, Yeah, he's he sounded like he, he was just a great salesman and he great he gave us a great pitch and it sounded great. Of course he didn't pay him at anything at the end of the day, but I can totally see why this guy just had so many people buying into what he was selling. And just really unfortunate situation all around. And I hope all the kids get over this, land on their feet the best that they can. And it's crazy that he the only laws he broke, I guess, were you know like it's just he's like he didn't pay. You know, he, all, he he deserves some jail time for what he's done. Probably won't happen. Um, man, tough.
0: Yeah, my uh, my three three notes that I just want to hit on. First of all, I think Bomani was an excellent get for them for this doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, he provides great perspective. Second, the journalist that kind of uncovered this bullshit face like years before
2: the, uh, uh, the the guy or the long hair guy rules guy. Okay. I loved him.
0: (laughs) I I loved him. And I wish he would name names, uh, on who he shopped that story to, or like sent that to, and who just chose to not just, you know what journalists or what big publications chose to ignore it. And then third, the assistant coach, who sat next to him the entire time. And I'm just thinking like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he really didn't add anything other than like, now his face is associated with this guy. You need to get, you need to separate yourself from this man and not, <laughs> not be on screen next to him as he's just absolutely lighting at his, his future on fire.
2: You saw that moment that all went, that was flashing through his head, right?
0: When they were looking at the iPad. <laughs>
2: And you could tell that he was human in that moment versus Roy Johnson's reaction. And when Roy Johnson came back in the room, there's a player's bad mouthing them, but when Roy Johnson was out of the room cussing him off, cussing him out off mic, like I only can think of uh, Robert Durst or whatever anytime HBO does that when he got yep. guy on mic off screen. But um, the assistant coach, like my heart broke for him in the moment as soon as Roy Johnson came back in, he's like, the thing is you got to understand like we were, we, we still send out emails on this kid's behalf. Like he switched right back into the mode of like second fiddle. It definitely makes me wonder like what skeletons does he have on him? But still like, I agree. He's got to separate. Only thing I forgot to mention. There was a player they highlighted that was in Juco. And then in the game it was like, Oh, everybody knew this kid wasn't a high school player. You know, he was in Juco, blah, blah, blah. They they showed the guy's face, acted like he was gonna talk, just like uh, the Johnny Menzel when they talked about his granddad. Says so granddad's a G, and they never showed any part of the interview. And then yeah. they showed him as like one of the sympathetic faces at the end. I'm like, wait a minute, I never even heard you like say like how you got roped into this or what you knew or didn't know or what you were told. To me, I'm like, you're a 21 year old. You should have known, but you're almost as bad, showing up to play against high school players. Knowingly, like so that that part, I was a little pissed that they edited out whatever that guy had to contribute because clearly there's something, but it didn't make the final cut.
0: Yeah, no, I noticed that too. um I don't know. It's the it's the fire fest of high school athletics is a, a good way to describe uh what all went down. And a uh, sneaky shouts to Duncanville for getting the uh, getting a little pub for leaving them off. The, uh, Keeping Duncanville, them off the schedule. Kentucky, Duncanville, Kentucky. Nice air, by like the local <laughs> news up there in Columbus, Ohio.
2: <laughs> I, I knew, was like, damn I knew it, that, dude. that you would catch that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping. I was like, are they gonna, I, I figured if Duncanville's name had a prominent part in it, people would have let me know by now. But IMG got, I don't know how IMG really feels about this because on the one hand, he played
2: them twice though.
0: I know, I, I but I'm wondering, like, Cause they didn't, they were reached out to for comment and they said no comment. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they don't like how they're being portrayed in this, because it is kind of the whole IMG Academy thing is weird. It It is very weird and it's, it's very successful and they are probably very good to the kids. They've got world-class facilities, but like, that is a weird thing. That, that is a high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. They do it for That's- other
2: sports too, which people accept more like gymnastics, tennis, Basketball, like IMG has every other sport you can think of. It was definitely Olympic ones, but football is obviously their bell cow. Anyways, great, great documentary. Yeah, highly recommend. I'm I'm not watching the Florida one because no, of all the stuff sucks. I've already read is being missed from that. And I ain't got the time anymore, but I highly recommend this one.
0: Before we move on, can I discuss our good friends at AG One, our partner at AG One, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health? I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because, uh, I don't know, I like to save time. I like to start my day by doing something good. And why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder into water once a day? I drink it in the morning before I make my coffee, and it makes me feel like I'm covering my nutritional bases. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, your probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. My AG1 is delivered every month, so it's been super easy to make it a daily habit. I also get the single-serving AG1 travel packs, which came in handy over the weekend as I was uh, on a golf trip. It was very hot, needed to recover. So yeah, I never have to miss a day. I just mix the powder into ice cold water, and I drink it first thing in the morning. That's it. With AG1, taking good care of my body each day is really that simple. If you want to take ownership of your health, Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com bang. That's drinkag1.com bang. Check it out. Couldn't recommend it more. Um, how are we feeling about uh, – let's do college football. Hard Knocks is, is kind of – is Hard Knocks losing steam?
2: Uh, yeah, I bumped it down somewhere, but I went back and was like, "I watched it the night it, the night it debuted. I guess we can just get it out of the way really quick. I watched it the night it debuted, and about 20 minutes in, I was like, "I'm not going to care about this in a week. <laughs> like football's going to be back. Yeah, you know, labor it'll be the day after Labor Day, and they'll have one additional episode after that. Ahead of uh, NFL season starting, so I'll try to stick in there. But I didn't really feel like I came away with much else that we hadn't already said about the, the season.
1: We did get the uh, the white receiver. His name escapes me at the moment. Doing the the rabbit uh, yeah. talent show Eminem hey, rap, which uh, was a good effort. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought that I, I appreciated uh, sticking your neck out there. You know, um, that's not easy to do. So respect for the attempt there. And I think he held his own. He did all right. KJ, you are the Eminem uh, connoisseur.
0: Care to comment?
2: I'm, I'm just happy that you're going like the honorable route. with that. <laughs> I'm Like, I don't think I'm the resident rap analysis here. <laughs> um, uh, I thought it was, you know, uh, again, as Dylan mentioned, it takes guts to get up there and do any sort of live act knowing you're going to be booed when you go into the realm of singing i think everyone expects you to be tone deaf and bad but it's kind of a part of the bit but when you try to rap nobody cares about the tone like everyone quote unquote has the ability to like execute there and it could have gone very poorly and it didn't for him i don't think the hoodie was necessary or the cap but like you know we got it you had the rest of the costume costume built in you didn't need the hoodie
0: And when you pick a song that like most of the room is familiar with, you only have to get through like the first few seconds and people are going to jump in and that's what happened. It was phenomenal. That's, that's becoming a staple of the show. And I I hope it continues because it is, it is really good, but yeah, hard knocks. I'm going to, I'm going to keep watching, but um, we don't need to devote 25 minutes to it. Like we used to, I want to talk some football, a little college football.
2: Week zero. Yes. Uh, yep. I think both of you have built in excuses if your answer is similar to mine. But my eagerness and interest going into the weekend, like amped up to watch college football versus when Saturday got here and I was like, wait a minute, do I want to step away from whatever else I'm doing to watch San Jose State or Navy compete against USC and Notre Dame? I was just like, this is a tougher lift than what I thought I was going to say.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I was uh, on a trip when we were all at uh, my buddy's river house for our fantasy draft, and a majority of the guys had bet the <clears throat> USC game. So that, was, that made it fun. We were kind of glued to it. We had one TV inside watching the Cowboys preseason game. The Will Greer show, <laughs> and then the other one, the outside TV was that was USC San Jose State, which you know for a little while was pretty pretty fun and interesting, and you get, it's good to see uh, Lincoln Riley still does not have a defense.
1: Yeah, that 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 was my takeaway. At USC, we knew their offense is going to be good, and it is. Um, Caleb Williams' ability to turn like disaster plays into huge gains is wild. But, yeah, that defense is still very suspect. And, of course, the, you know, Notre Dame-Navy, um, not a good game at all. But mm-hmm. I guess it, it being in Ireland added somewhat of a fun little element to it. But, I mean, week zero, it's it's actual real college football, and that's fun. It, it's, it's, it's just enough of a tease to, like, get you, like, into, like, the excited mode of, like, okay, college football's actually here, even though the game's absolutely stunk. But got it out of the way. We I mean, got a, a full slate of, of some decent games coming up, but did enjoy it. Will Greer, not bad, by the way. <laughs> Side note,
2: not bad. We'll plug for Will. Not um, bad. We'll talk about him a little now bit. unemployed, Will Greer. Will Greer, I should yeah. say. Um,
0: can I? Can I? Uh, can I ask a Caleb Williams question? I understand. Like, is it okay? Is it a good sign if you are already like having that body language, and you are that mad at your O line against San Jose State? in week zero, because that dude, he was taking a ton of hits, which many of them weren't his fault. But I will say, he does not seem particularly likable, and I could see his O-line absolutely not liking the guy. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like a – I don't know. It's week zero. You should not be having that.
1: You mean the, the guy who paints his fingernails with, fuck, insert whoever they're playing for the week, that guy's not likable? That's weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think he's
1: just a dickhead, man. I don't know what his deal is.
0: (laughs) He's just bad. He's got bad body. He does not seem like a leader. Uh, This is this is a personnel department, Dave, over here. If I'm putting my draft grade on him, I'm like thinking, I'm like, dude, I don't know if I like this kid.
2: So you're going to both Cliff and Lincoln, and you're like, hey, I know you two have seen a quarterback or two in your day, but. This guy just ain't it. You're walking in from the GM office.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, Lincoln's, I'm not saying they have Lincoln's better options. Had, Lincoln's had Baker, Kyler, and now now Caleb Williams. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a pattern.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much of. I, I feel like that's more of the consistent thread. Uh, both of them have dealt with Kayla Kyler. So like, is there something they're coaching in the quarterback room that like, Hey, if you see this, you need to be in their ass. Like you need to be the one doing these things. Like, are they coaching those things into them? Who knows? Um, I also just feel it's a little bit weird to be in like that, you know, repeat Heisman conversation from the get-go. He's odds on favor by a long shot a lot of that due to scheduling and and uh the system that he's in a little bit like somehow system quarterback has shifted to being like now you're the favorite to be the Heisman as opposed to being disregarded um but yeah we'll see um week one games since we won't record again until our live stream next Thursday night yeah next Thursday night um which I should have the calendar in front of me which would be September
0: anybody September
2: 7th 7th thank you um yeah September 7th 6 30 p.m on youtube.com slash too much dip will be the next time you hear us because of Labor Day next week so we won't go through this game by game or point spread or anything like that but the week one schedule starts Thursday night goes all the way through Monday with Clemson and Duke playing Monday night so you're gonna have all of the college football that you could ask for. I don't know if it's just college football being college football. The matchups don't seem tremendous on paper. Natural, that means we'll probably get a bunch of upsets and you know some finishes that we're all excited about. I think like App State, Texas A&M early last year comes to mind, um, or maybe it was App State and North Carolina before App State played uh, uh, A&M. This year, we get Florida, Utah again on Thursday night. Deion Sanders debut on Saturday at TCU. Uh, And then Sunday is our top 10 matchup marquee matchup Sunday night. LSU versus Florida state in Orlando. Now I know there's a storm coming through Florida, but I think that's going to be like Tuesday through whatever um, Thursday, Friday this week. So hopefully that game is not affected by that. And then you get game day. College game day, returning to uh, on campus with uh, North Carolina versus South Carolina. I don't know if you fellas watched this weekend, but uh, if you did, you did not see one big or rich because coming to your city is uh, no longer the theme, which I thought we did this a couple years ago, but I guess it's officially no longer the theme.
0: Sad day, man. What's replaced it?
2: I don't know. The woke anthem, something oh okay <laughs> i, I think it's
1: yet.
0: no i think they're gonna do richmond north of richmond <laughs> uh no i i think i don't know if they've revealed it yet uh i was kind of off the grid for a few days but i thought it was going to be like a surprise I'm, I'm sure whatever it is it will suck so cool <laughs> i
2: feel it's pretty just, confident it's just zach Bryan for two hours which i would say is tremendous but It's been on my mind literally since Friday in time time to drop turnpike and what Zach Bryan did to everyone's ears. My brain just can't shake it. Was it good? Boy, great stuff. Tremendous. Hmm. Okay. We should should try to have them on someday. Oh, you know,
0: (laughs) we've got, there's some people in a, in a different group text that Dylan and I are in that were giving a big meh for, uh, for Turnpike and, and Zach Bryan, uh, so
2: well both of them can FOH. If especially if anybody's name sounds like Michael Weiner,
1: I kind of like, <laughs> like both of them, both those albums. I've listened to both. I'm into them. Let's
2: let's do a part in. Is that where well? We're
0: hold on, at? hold on. Let me say oh. there is one note on the Florida Utah game because Cam Rising is listed as the Week One starter. <clears throat> what he's listed as the Week One starter, and he's he's people are wondering like, dude. The guy's still hurt. He's recovering. So that is it. There is some intrigue there. Oh, what you thought I was going to bring up Jaquindon Jackson. There it is. The Dark Horse Heisman candidate. No. I wasn't going to do that. I'm talking about We're Cam Rising. we already
2: going to talk to Corian. Like I at love, some point.
0: I love Cam Rising as a, this is a pro Cam rising show, I feel like. And and they should have beat Florida last year. Kind of jacked up their season. Uh, Cam rising through a, a late pick on a final drive who mm-hmm. would have won it, but um they should have won that game. I think they're going to destroy Florida, whether Cam plays or not. So that's all I have to say
2: about well, that. Well, RB1 listed is JaQuindon, more notably. Not RB2, yeah. and Jaquindan's not listed as the backup at quarterback. Bryson Barnes is. JaQuindon Jackson is your RB1 as a redshirt sophomore transfer. So theoretically has three, four years to be talked about on this podcast. What? <laughs> wow. No kidding. I don't know how that math. I don't know how that math adds up.
0: COVID sophomore, year, junior,
2: senior year. Yeah, COVID year,
0: Inj- injury, and... first year. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I look forward to discussing him in the future in his future endeavors. Let's party. This is the part of the pod where um, we party and we talk about stuff that we didn't talk about already. Um, used to be a sports fest. I was actually going to stick with sports fest because I liked it better, KJ. But I okay, see that you've, you've altered the. That's okay. we got a lot to get to, so it is kind of a fest. We've got uh, Otani, bad news, uh, not pitching the rest of the year, not great. Kind of sucks for him. Sucks for baseball fans, really. Uh, but
1: that's something we missed last week.
2: Still going to hit, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. A lot, a lot of talk about this affecting his, uh, his, two, his soon-to-be contract, whoever he signs with. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, not sure what the recovery like is for is for an injury like this, and when he's going to hit the mound again. But that's a, a real shame for him if that's the case. But he's I think he's going to be okay either way financially speaking. But that dude is just so much fun to watch. So ho- hopefully he makes a, a a full recovery from this and is able to pitch again.
0: Yeah, I I there's not a scenario where he stays in
1: in L.A. right.
0: Dodgers. He, well, oh, it's a okay, great point.
1: Great According point. to his team around him, he, he wants to play for a contender. So if it, that's true, then he will not be an angel much longer. Hmm, maybe he would like to
0: take a look at the uh, famously imploding Texas Rangers, now third-place Texas Rangers, mm. who are honestly ruining, <laughs> ruining the majority of the days of my week. Uh, really cool. Yesterday, a 5-0 lead blown. Historically bad bullpen. Not good at all. Shout out yeah. to the Mayor. Shout out to the Mariners, coming back from like 10 games back in like a month or something. Not good.
2: Uh, one eight straight. That's, that's all I got to say about that.
1: Oh, okay. There we go. Seattle's on fire. Houston's struggling, big time too. It's tough times in Texas.
0: Uh, Trey, Trey Lance is a Dallas Cowboy.
1: Fourth round, fourth round pick. It's worth a, it's worth a flyer. Worth it? What is that? It's a lottery ticket, is what they bought there. We'll see if it hits. Great. If it doesn't, it's going to cost you a fourth rounder. I'm okay with it.
0: I was team draft a quarterback this year um, to develop. They obviously did not do that. Cowboys, that is. Um, so that being said, I don't hate giving up a, a fourth round pick to get a um, a lottery pick. Or, you know what was he? Second pick in the draft. Third pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, did not work under Shanahan, and he had fallen to third on the depth chart in San Francisco behind Sam Darnold, which is uh, tough to do.
2: Well, my two thoughts on this is, like, this might be the most notable Cowboys move that makes me believe they are legit, like, serious about being all in, quote-unquote, because having a team leveraged on, like, Cooper Rush is your contingency plan, like, it just... I don't care he he won in Minnesota and he's won some big games like that's just not uh, what what you can't be successful that way. They knew that at the end of the year. So this shows me they are serious about like fixing that. That's a huge get I think if you're a Cowboys fan. Cuz whatever he's going to put out there is going to be better than Cooper Rush. On the Niners side like Kyle Shanahan's well known to be a quarterback like guru and successful with a lot of quarterbacks. But maybe he's approaching like the Cliff Kingsbury, like great play designer, great quarterback coach, maybe terrible quarterback room manager of like, I don't know that anyone's going to say that he got the Kirk Cousins, RG three quarterback room. Correct. Or got that right. Made the most out of both of them. The Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy situation, like injuries plagued a lot of that. But like there's no reason to go into March declaring your starter. Like he's consistently like set people up for fail in their quarterback room. And I don't see the reason why. Like had Trey Lance had a tremendous summer and a tremendous fall camp, he had already established Brock Purdy as a starting quarterback, like back in March or April. And I thought that was ridiculous to do. So I don't know. We'll see. He obviously has been to the Super Bowl and been to NFC championships and a successful, successful coach. But I don't know how long you're gonna keep living on uh a new quarterback every few years like that.
0: Yeah, and I guess last thing is from a Cowboys perspective, like is this a good move or not? Like the timeline doesn't really match up. Like, so Dak's deal is done after 2024, as is Trey Lance's. So I'm like, Yeah, is he gonna get if if something happens to Dak, is he going to be the back? Like you know what I mean? Like, are they going to get uh, have enough time? You're to saying, see are they going to
2: keep them beyond that? Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I, it's it's a little puzzling. I'm not mad. I'm I, again. I'm not mad. I swear, I'm not mad. I just uh, I don't know. Will Greer was the uh, third stringer on the depth chart, and was apparently very well liked. Him and Dak were boys, and uh, got to play the entirety of the preseason game. Uh, before they told him before, like, hey, we're cutting you, and he went out there and won the game, and he looked. Pretty decent, uh, but I don't know. I wonder what this, what Dak's thinking. I wonder uh, how that makes him feel, if it's a Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation.
1: Who knows? It's getting uh, – moving on, it's getting a little chippy in the Big 12 right now. I don't know if you caught the comments by Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. Uh, he was speaking in front of a Texas Tech audience and said that he – He'll be in Austin for the tech, in November for the Texas-Texas Tech game and said he hopes that Tech takes care of business. This was after he said that he was um, happy to get Texas and OU out of the Big 12 a year early. That was, quote-unquote, very important for them to do. Bullshit. Um, but yeah, he is openly rooting against Texas this year while, and as a reminder, Texas has one final year as a member of the Big 12. Uh, Sark had a press conference this morning. Of course, that's Texas head coach Steve Sarkisian had a press conference this morning, and he was asked about it, and he he took the high road and said something like, "Yeah, I guess we won't be having Thanksgiving together this year," or something like that. He also said that the day before that that uh, press conference or that whenever he spoke publicly, that he he got a memo from him talking about sportsmanship uh, in the final year of the Big Twelve, only to say that the next day. So I don't know, man. Uh, it's weird for a uh, commissioner of a conference to say, to make a comment like that publicly rooting against one of its members. But it is what it is, I guess. Nothing, nothing we can do about it now. So, uh, yeah, I pretty so interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I
0: thought that was really weird. And I, I guess it, it was like a kickoff luncheon at tech. So I, I, is that a thing that the big 12 commissioner normally attends like other schools, no kickoff lunches? That seems weird. And it seems like they're putting a lot of, uh, weight into tech being living up to the hype this year. yeah. And it's like tech's got to go to Austin and, uh, and to Waco and to Waco. I don't
2: think they go to Waco, but still, you know what I mean? Like Baylor should be considered on that same level.
0: No, they do. They do play in Waco also. Okay. I mean, there's a number of teams that should, uh, Oh, sorry. Tech goes to Waco. I see what you're saying. KJ, my bad, but still like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's yeah. very weird. It's very weird. I understand wanting to get OU and Texas out sooner just to, like, get it over with and for purposes of bringing in new teams, and you know. But to publicly say that, it's just, it's just kind of bizarre. And if Texas were to win the Big 12, it would be kind of hilarious, honestly, I have to say.
1: It would be, yeah. A lot um, of speculation that there's going to be some, uh, some ref screw jobs, some Big 12 officials are going to screw oh, Texas and or OU out of wins. I'm not buying into the conspiracy at that level, but this is it it all. This whole situation stinks a little bit. I'm just happy for it all to be over. We'll move on to. I agree.
2: I think what's what's unfortunate for me is like, there's going to be so much talk about saver. This is the last year as college football, as you know, it like focusing on PAC 12 members moving and all of that change in Oklahoma and, and Texas leaving. Not that they deserve all the attention, but like, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU are in the Big 12 now. And there's not a lot of conversation about like, oh, how is that going to actually affect the conference this year? Like instead of talking about what's happening next year, there's going to be a lot of loss. Like there's 12 teams going to the college football playoff next year, I guess, right? Or is that starting this year? I don't know. There's a lot of changes happening in 2024, but there's going to be a lot lost like in some of the changes that already are taking place in this season. Uh, that I think people should you know, be prepared to hopefully enjoy. Um, we could this skip... This is Arizona State.
0: Yeah, we could skip that. One-year okay, self, uh, self-imposed self ban. Herm Edwards kind of seems like a scumbag. Um, ah, we got one. Noah Lyles rant. I don't know if y'all saw that. Noted uh, track and field USA personality, but basically calling out NBA athletes for saying they're world champs when they're not. I, I don't know. It was just a huge... <laughs> a weird thing to say like why why did you have to go and he just got dunked on by like all sorts of who, a who's who of nba a-listers
2: i love the noah Lyles. he's great he's 22 he's just won whatever 100 meter and 200 meter in the world uh record or world uh championships hopefully he does it at the olympics
0: yes we'll see
2: uh um, who gave victor hovland 18 million dollars
0: Mm, you know after taxes he's actually not taking that much home uh yeah your tour champion victor hovland uh yet again just going out there and firing at pins i i I love it um not much to say yesterday was kind of boring other than like oh Xander, who played with them played really well um it never got – I mean, when it got like, oh, I could see a scenario where a bogey here, double there, it it didn't happen. It wasn't close. Uh, tour championships got to figure something out because that shit – that was unwatchable almost. I was watching just because it hove, but I don't know. Shout out to him. He's going to be – you know what? Some are saying he's going to be a problem at the Ryder Cup. A lot of people are saying that. Well, uh, speak- since
2: he's a Stillwater, Oklahoma resident, he's, he's playing for the U.S., right?
0: Mm. that is it i did learn that that he does still live in stillwater which his his really?
2: wikipedia said it i saw that last week i was like there's no way that's true then he brought it up in yeah. the press conference you think whatever,
0: you think uh true. you think uh 18 million dollars goes a long way in stillwater <laughs> 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 oh that's great uh speaking of problems i don't know if you guys caught a the uh, Duncanville football Panthers, but, but five-star receiver to Moore. 281 yards, seven catches, including a 79-yard screen pass he took to the house. And this is against South Oak Cliff, state champion, a great program. Uh, you know, we knew they were going to be good. They've got that level of athlete, but it is it is fun to see them throwing the ball. Like, I've – if they're gonna throw the ball like that and that quarterback who KJ, their quarterback, has SMU on his short list, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, that's gonna be an insane offense, an insane team.
1: We'll see if he sticks with his LSU commitment. He's got a long way to oh. signing day, Davey. A long oh. way to signing day. Orange Bloods Dylan's coming out. Might have to get Mike <laughs> Roach back on the line, see what he has to
0: say. <laughs> we'll get we're gonna get it the three of us will get a text here in like a few hours <laughs> from Mike. Uh, well, and the, that's game, that. the
2: game was uh, played at his future home there in Highland Parks or University Park. So he was able to see the stadium and work <laughs> mm-hmm. progress.
1: Mm. You want to run it back real quick? Run it back. It.
0: Good the joke, segment KJ. during
1: which we talk about what we already talked about is an absolute sauna inside Wash Media HQ. As I'm sitting here just roasting. The AC is not working. Shout out to Boltman's family. KJ spent a draft pick on Zeke. He wasn't kidding about that. Dylan's <laughs> connection. Mega tough scene. Is Caleb Williams a bad guy? Finally, Dave brought up Heisman, sleeper, Jaquindon Jackson, and that concludes Run It Back.
2: Thank you. Next Thursday night, September 7th, 630, youtube.com slash too much dip. We're back. Live stream.
0: Wow. Tell your friends about it. All right, we'll see you all next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: I don't want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I don't want my chips with the dip. I'm bringing the in big guy.